0: So, Declan, we're sitting here in the auditorium of the, the Peacock. Uh, Quietly is currently on stage here, um, and you have the part of Ian. Um, for, first of all, I just want to... Um, we, we'll focus on Quietly in a little while, but I want to take a step back for a moment, right back to the, the introduction, your introduction to theatre, and how that came about and how you, I suppose, started in the, in the career you're currently in.
1: Well, uh, the interest was probably... Uh, sparked in school um, when we did, I was in Jarlots in Tume boarding school and we did Gerber and Sullivan, uh, what are they called opera, operettas, uh, in our fourth and fifth year and they were very enjoyable to do partly because you had a month's holiday at Christmas but for the three days, the first three days of the holiday both the people in the opera and the people in the Mercy Convent across So the lads and the girls from the Mercy Convent and Charlotte got together to put on this show. This
0: was the opportunity for the boys and the girls to come together. Yeah, exactly,
1: and there weren't very many of them. Um, But you'd stayed three extra days in the school and the school was empty, so it was all a bit strange. You know, you'd run around the sporting school um, without classes and without any of that, just doing this show. But I just got very interested in in that. And then when we were in our fourth year as well, they brought us to Dublin for a a day trip, to museums and this and that. And it culminated with the a trip to the Abbey, I think I was 14 and I just remember being in the auditorium and having a, just a, an extraordinary, excite, a sense of excitement which I hadn't really had prior to that. But even after that it wasn't something I thought about, it was just that was an enjoyable experience and then I went on to leave in certain different colleges um, which were not terribly successful, left a couple of different colleges and um, was on the dole in Dublin Uh, as a 20 I think it was a 20 21 year old and they were basically trying to get the numbers down off the dole you know austerity times in the 80s and the figures were too high so they were just trying to cut them down so they were offering four schemes to anybody who was you know young and on the dole and I went along to one meet this guy he was taking six kids off the dole to do plays in old people's homes Mm -hmm. and literally I mean not you know, in in houses that old people lived in, sort of care in the community. (laughs) A, five people in a house and we (laughs) were going to do a play in the living room. And, you know, pissed them off, really. (laughs) Because you'd turn the telly off and you'd be doing a play (laughs) in the living room when they just were in the middle of watching something. But it was such crack. I just thought, this is just gas, you know. And then Mm. uh, very shortly after that, Trinity set up their course. And I had no idea what I was doing, so I just applied and managed to get a place in it. and that's where I kind of kicked off. And uh, two years there, and then I, I after our first year there we went to America uh, with the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in England. The American government paid for this Anglo-Irish exchange. Mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. So we went out there to this place in Connecticut to, to work on American musicals for a month with the our, the, our equivalent year in the Guildhall. And after that, um, I had the summer free. They were at the Guildhall people were going back to finish their year. We'd finished, so I spent the summer there got to know the people around the school very well. And at the end of my second year, they came to Ireland on a holiday and came to see our final show in Trinity and then offered me a scholarship to go there for a year. So you went to ply, ply your trade? So I went, having done two years in Trinity, went over to sort of, the training in Trinity was very rigid. Stanislavski based, and you know, very uh, just w- it was very retrospectively brilliant training. But at the time, mm-hmm. I was paralysed; with it. I couldn't, didn't trust any of my instincts. And mm-hmm. America was brilliant because it was the opposite; it was just
0: get up and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the combination of both was very good. Okay, and so you you returned to Ireland then after that, and how did you find that return, in terms of coming back into Irish theatre? Well, I didn't come back straight away. I, I uh, having left
1: the drama school in America, I one of the teachers there was an English guy and he you needed an equity card at the time so Mm -hmm. I ended up going to Colchester Rep in England to get my equity card and did a couple of shows there and then lived in London squatted in this house in London in Peckham with a couple of other Irish people and um, came back to Ireland briefly uh, for a couple of years not knowing how to get into the business. There were no e- at the time, the drama schools didn't have any connection with the business. There was no agents coming in. Or th- none of that. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just you, you finished and you were sort of thrown out into it. And I had no idea how to begin, really. So we set up a company ourselves. Myself and uh, Jane Snow, God rest her, and Alan Gilson. And we did a couple of plays, really with no money at all. And as a result of that, then managed to do an audition for the Peacock and got into the, the show on the Peacock sort of slowly began to
0: and s- and crawl so s- into the business Since then you've had a, a very very strong connection with the, the Abbey Theatre both on the Abbey stage and, and the Peacock stage Can you remember much of those early times on those stages? The first one, actually the f- my first, I was first brought into the
1: Peacock by an English director, Katie Mitchell who was over here doing a, a Gorky play, the last ones, it was called I think it was written in 1915 and <laughs> I don't think it had been performed since 1915 With good reason, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) wasn't the greatest play ever. But a fascinating experience working with her. She was a brilliant director. Um, And and weirdly, having done one job in the Peacock, she then brought me to England. I went to the RSC with her and the National and and then I was in England for ten years in London. And only came back in 2003. But I came back in 2001 to do a a Whistle in the Dark in the Murphy Festival. Mm -hmm, That was my first time working in Ireland again, since 94, really. Okay. This all the
0: 90s. And and over the years, through a a, a number of roles that you've had in the Abbey, certainly over 20 at least, um, can you pick out a particular highlight or a particular moment or maybe someone that you worked with that will always stick with you? Well, I suppose the highlights really would be
1: working on Tom Murphy's plays. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been lucky enough to do a few of Tom's plays. So, and the most recent one I think is probably the part that I have enjoyed most is Christie in the House. <laughs> um, b- some other of the of Tom's plays as well, but not in the Abbey. Unfortunately, I did a show with him, The Sanctuary Lamp, with bespoke that he directed, and I think that was probably one of my favourite jobs as well. Okay. Um, but I think, I mean, th- I also got to do The Crucible, and that was wonderful as well, playing John Proctor. So there have been terrific mm-hmm. roles, but I'd say if I was to look at the whole twenty odd years of working in the Abbey on and off, Tom Murphy would play a big part of it.
0: And and on that note, um, you do have a very strong connection with Tom Murphy's work. Um, why why is that? What is it about his work that that um, r- resonates with you? Well initially
1: I heard of Tom Murphy first when I was in boarding school in June where Tom comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent six years in Charlotte, and the local theatre group would do Tom Murphy plays so I remember just seeing his name on posters mm-hmm. in town when I didn't know anything about theatre or acting. It was always, it's just for some reason there was something about the name Tom Murphy yeah. started off but um, he just, to me he, the plays are just extraordinary Works of art—they—they seem local, localized in their in their setting and in their well, certainly not. Obviously, not. They're not all naturalistic plays, but some of them are naturalistic ones. But they're universal in their humanity and the way he digs into the underbelly of. You know, he scrapes past the notion of respectability and what it is. W- you know, the, uh, the uh, Ireland that that. Would be the Ireland that you might look at from the outside, mm-hmm. and digs into the, hum- the, the what's going on in in small
0: towns. I suppose I suppose in a way you could nearly say that he's he's extremely adept at having a conversation with Ireland, about well about you know society. Yeah, yeah, very well put. That's exactly it. Um, but
1: yeah. he also gives. He never judges any of his characters, he g- and he gives. He does something that really, well, maybe Shakespeare does it as well, probably does, but he writes so extraordinarily beautifully and articulately uh, for inarticulate characters mm-hmm. and inarticulate people. Mm-hmm. He kind of, he communicates their, their, the complexity of their lives, sometimes through grunts and groans and the repetition of yes or yes or you know mm. it's the structure of it and you understand exactly what the character is trying to say or attempting to say or you you, you build a picture of their lives and
0: it takes a master to do that yeah it's the, it's the nuances of that subtle messaging I suppose that, that, that brings it out yeah So moving on a little bit um, from uh, Tom Murphy Um, you obviously as we've said earlier have had an an extraordinary connection with the Abbey both on the Abbey stage and the Peacock stage can you pick out or um, explain any differences between working on both stages, is there any different styles you have to employ or any different nuances that you have to bring to your, your, your methods of acting
1: Well I mean that's a very obvious one which you know uh, with the size of the two spaces, is is really the most specific thing you have to think about when you're working in both places. You know, the Peacock gives you the privilege of, of, yeah, This is a big theatre. We're sitting in, a, you know, uh, well, the Abbey Theatre, obviously the Peacock, much smaller. But this, this is a the Abbey's a big space, and, it, you know that's that's a big stage as well. It's a very high, a very wide stage so you really have to there's always a real I always find personally there's a real there's a the initial time when you come into the theatre having come from the rehearsal room I find such a jolt because you know you've got the director and all the people working on the show sitting five feet from you when you're in rehearsal and suddenly you come into this space and you realise all of the nuances and the subtlety that you were you thought you were achieving in rehearsal have disappeared completely because you realise you have to You have to project the show out or nobody's gonna hear it. And as soon as that happens, you feel like you lose everything that you've worked on. So you have a whole second rehearsal, which is why the Abbey is so good at the moment, uh, and Fake has been brilliant about this. You know, giving good amount of rehearsal time and then a very good amount of preview time because you really need to relearn the show in the theater before you open. Mm -hmm. And it is like a second rehearsal period during previews and during the tech and during previews the peacock there's a l- there's less of a of a jolt when you go into the theater you know, simply because of the fact that it's a smaller space mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it can be deceptive as well you can't you know you can't uh, you have to be aware that you are also in a, a theater it's not as easy as it might seem but it's certainly mm-hmm. easier than the Abbey or you know the shift is less pronounced mm-hmm. when you come into the mm-hmm.
0: And so, just uh, finally, just to, to focus on the, the production that you're currently in, uh, quietly, we won't reveal too much about it. We won't tell the listeners every, everything, everything about it, but you play a character called Ian um, who has something he needs to, to um, reveal and get off his chest and, and move, move on with. Um, how is it going for you? How, how have you found the, the production? Well, it's a, it's a really brilliant piece of writing, um,
1: it's so spare and tight um, it's a short play but you know dealing with very big themes of well truth and reconciliation really ultimately <laughs> um, but in a very intimate way uh, in a very personal personalized way but it's very hard to talk about the play without really giving it away yeah. just except to say that it's uh, I think it's a very important play um, you know, and it's called quietly, you know, it's not a it's not a shouty
0: Northern mm-hmm. Irish play, mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's a very it's an intimate precise piece of work
0: Well Declan, it was fantastic to talk to you thank you for taking um, a, a bit of time out of the, the very busy schedule that you have at the not moment, it pleasure um, and to give us an insight into your background and we wish you all the best with the continuing run Thank you very much